Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into another edition of Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Tony Marchese tonight. I am joined by our guy, NWI Steve. This is not going to be a fun one to talk about, Steve, but before we do talk about it, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us at Sox on Tap on Twitter, myself at Tony on Tap, and our guy Steve over here at NWI underscore Steve. Sox lose three to two today, man. How are you feeling? Hey, yo, Anthony. Uh, I just got a fax here. This fucking sucked. Everything Damn. about this. Fax um, machine's working tonight. With, with, with the exception of, of John Cueto, um, this was fucking garbage. My one overarching observation that I want to make here before we get started here is I'm just getting the fucking giggles at this point, watching Andrew Vaughn try to play the outfield. It's Borderline fucking comical right now. Yeah, and we'll get into that, and that's partially the reason why the White Sox weren't able to uh, pull off a victory here today in uh, in Texas. And I think we were all kind of excited about this one. First time that the White Sox had their core together all year. Yasmani Grandal's healthy, Luis Roberts healthy, uh, Eloy Jimenez is healthy, Tim Anderson's healthy. Jose Abreu, we get all these guys together. Normally when they do that, Steve, good things happen. I think coming into this ball game, they had a record of 25 and 11. Another 25 and 12. But they were also facing a first in his big league career starter. First time, new guy, fresh face, Steve, and our Friends over at NBC Sports Chicago wrote a nice little article this morning saying that the White Sox dominate against guys making their big league debut. This was like the the trifecta of just bad luck, White Sox 2022 version, Steve. I mean, you had all these good things going into this ballgame today as a White Sox fan that would make you think that they would come out and win, Right wasn't the case where did we go wrong here we went wrong just because it's the 2022 white Sox, and something always has to go wrong that's just what it is it's been this way since march there's no getting around it at this point you think that they're going to finally start to build some positive momentum they have the core group back in the lineup 
and they pretty much go out there today and collectively lay a fucking egg offensively. Oh, wait, might be getting another fax coming we in. Might here. be getting another fax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we definitely got something else coming through here. So, uh, yeah, wow, well, this is a first. For a, uh, we'll see what that fax here. says. Oh, when it comes out here. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is interesting. According to this uh, fax that, that just came through here, um, yeah, the Sox offense fucking sucked tonight. Wow. Confirm. Fax machine is fax machine is working overtime for you, Stephen. And I thought that we had that all sorted before the uh, the show started. But so we'll see I. if anybody else. We'll see if anybody else trying to uh, get in touch with our guy NWI Steve over there. You know he's been working hard out there corresponding for Sox on Tap. In fact, you're going to be down in Texas watching our White Sox play over the weekend, doing some on-site stuff, Steve. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you better. Tell everybody not to send you faxes while uh, while you're down there. We wouldn't want that going off while you're gone. Can't miss any important news. Listen, if I come back to you know a couple two three dozen faxes, that's just the life of someone who is committed to their craft. That is committed to getting to the bottom of hard hitting stories. I'm starting to think that you know Saturday, I might have to reopen the Dane Dunning file. Ooh. Um, he is going to be taking the mound. For the Texas Rangers, you know, sometimes you have to reopen a case. This might be one of those circumstances, so stay tuned. Socks on Tap investigates. Uh, you're going to be there live in person uh, investigating that once again. It's good to know, uh, just letting the listeners know where you're going to be um, and what you're investigating. But, Steve, we've got another a different ball game to talk about. I don't want to jump too far ahead because tonight had plenty of different di- things to dissect. Uh, one of those being uh, our guy, Mr. Johnny Cueto, who I had a pretty confident feeling heading into tonight's ball game he was going to shove, and he did. Uh, this guy throws, uh, according to uh, Jay Kuda on Twitter.com, the first complete game loss for a White Sox pitcher since Chris Sale did it, I believe he said, in 2016. That's I mean, it's awesome, but it's also not awesome. Steve, uh, thoughts on Cueto's performance tonight? He battled. He did what he has done all season for this team. He scattered 11 hits across the eight innings. Um, Obviously, four of them came in that uh, disastrous seventh inning where the Rangers were able to score the two decisive runs that ultimately got them the victory here today. But, you know, he's a guy that he's – Pitch into contact. That's what he's done all year. And he just finds a way to wiggle out of it more oftentimes than not. Again, he was hurt tonight by some shoddy defense in the outfield in particular. And that's just par for the course, what we have seen this year. But Cueto just showed what it means to be a professional pitcher out there. Going out there um, when you don't necessarily have your best stuff and still finding a way to scratch and claw and save this bullpen which is pretty important for this team. They haven't had an off day, um, you know, going back to last Thursday. So this is pretty important to be able to get that bullpen a little bit of a breather here tonight. And that's just, you know, why Johnny Cueto has been so important to this team this season, because he has really provided that veteran leadership in the starting rotation that has been solely needed. Yeah, it has, uh, Steve. And obviously for all the talk about, not bringing Carlos Rodon back. He has really minimized the, I think, ire and uh, hatred that would be spewed towards this front office. Had you not had Johnny Cueto 
this season. I think he's done a wonderful job coming in there and giving uh, this team and, and White Sox fans somebody that takes the ball every five days and can uh, pitch late into ball games. I mean, they could have had both. Outs. They could have had both. That's true. That's fair. But I would say that he's minimized sort of that damage in a way that I don't think anybody expected them to. Now, would they be better off with both, Steve? I don't think that you or I are going to sit here and say that they wouldn't be better with both. But I, I just do think that he's kind of covered up some of the the hurt, uh, so to speak. I, I think that's fair in a sense. But at the same time, I mean, how, you know, how many starts collectively did they give to Dickhead Dallas Keuchel, um, Vince Velasquez. And, you know, you look at their two games out of first place right now. Wouldn't that be something if those starts turned out to be the difference between this team winning a division and not? Well, we can evaluate that in our season-ending uh, recap show, Stephen. Uh, that, that should be a fun one. Oh, oh, I'm sure I'll be. I'm sure I'll be just you know chipper for that one. Yeah, let's all let's all tune into that if you're uh, if you're listening to this right now. Steve's got some things to say at the end of the season. Uh, Steve, uh, another thing that we want to get into, and and you talked about it, Andrew Vaughn uh, in right field. Uh, before you uh, take the floor on this, I just have a few notes. Um, from from my brain here that I need to say. One, this is the first time that I've really looked at this as critical as I as I have all season. And the reason for that is I was told all day that this team is now fully healthy and ready to go and all back together. And I don't think that that's really the case here because if it was, you'd have Luis Robert in center field and you would have A.J. Pollock in right not Andrew Vaughn. He would either be playing left field, which he's played a lot more consistently than right, and or at DH uh, and in having Eloy out there, which he was today. This is the first time where I've really been as critical of this because most of the year you've had guys playing out of positions. You've had guys who've been injured. You've had guys who are not in that lineup. The way that he cut off A.J. Pollock there, that that I, I'm not going to say A.J. Pollock would have thrown out the runner at home. You had a, you would have had a much better chance to. There was a lot of emphasis from Steve Stone on the fact that Andrew Vaughn's a right fielder, or not a right fielder, he's a first baseman playing right field. Um, that felt very direct, and it felt very important in that moment. Now, I know a lot of people have been on this. You yourself have talked about this. You've written about this on the on ontapsportsnet.com a couple of times, Steve, and you bring it up here consistently. This is the most critical I've been of it, so I'm very curious as to what you have to say about this given situation. Well, a couple things here, Anthony. Uh, first, you are spot on in your assessment that this team is not at – full strength if Luis Robert is having to DH. Uh, they are absolutely at full strength when he is manning center field and when you have an actual outfielder in right field and not a first baseman. Um, as I talked about earlier in the show, it makes me fucking giggle at this point watching Andrew Vaughn out there. The double that Corey Seager hit, and I want to say the fourth or fifth inning right there, is a ball that an actual right fielder is camped under. And Are you talking about from... the uh, the ground rule double? Yep. Yeah. So you you have that. Um, 
you know, the the ball that he tried making a diving play or a sliding play on uh, in the second or third inning is, again, another one of that. two of those tonight. Yeah, yeah. So you just had a calamity of errors, you know, that weren't actual errors on, on, on the scoreboard. But a real right fielder makes those plays. And, look, Andrew Vaughn, if you go to Baseball Savant, if you look at outs above average, he's like minus nine and outs above average defensively in the outfield. And if you look at that relative to the amount of innings that he has played out there, hands down, the worst outfielder in baseball. Um, that's How's very problematic. How's my boy Gavin Sheets look out there? Um, I don't recall the number off the top of my head. I was just uh, amazed at the number from Andrew Vaughn and just how sickening it is. I just uh, didn't know if we had some more stuff to work on in the backyard, Steve. I, I mean, there's definitely stuff to there's definitely you know, stuff there's definitely stuff to work on there. The the, the drills that uh, you know just opens me up to a different you know, level of training that we can do. Um, Steve, I, I just this one hurt more because of the I think the expectations with the lineup today. It was the happiest. What I does Johnny like, always say? Never get up for the letdown, but. You saw everybody on Twitter get up today when they saw this lineup. I was quite shocked about it myself, but I felt like there was going to be something like this that could have happened. I don't, I don't know why, but I just kind of felt like we were being lulled into a false sense of security with this ball game and leading up to it, especially the Jose Abreu comments about how he's so happy to have everybody back together I don't think this team thinks that they have to play as hard, Steve, to get these victories as they actually have to. Well, then they're not paying fucking attention and they're watching different games than the rest of us are. Um, Because if that's the case, that they're not seeing the fact that since he came back off of the IL in June, that Tim Anderson has been bad. And that's the next one that I wanted to get into here. Great segue, Steve. Take your suspension. Take a couple of days off. If not, this might be a meatball take, Steve. Drop this man in the order for a little while. Oh, that's that's that was a hot topic in uh, some of the um, underbelly of Twitter.com. Well, I'm just saying evening. it right here, Steve. Drop this I mean, man in the order for a while. I don't care. Hit him seventh. Let him figure it out because we talk about setting the tone. He ain't setting no fucking tone right now. In in fact, the tone that he's setting fucking stanks. Drop him in the order. Drop him in the order. Because you got to at some point let these guys know that just because they want to be the leadoff guy or just because they want to play left field, like Eloy or whatever. Sometimes you have to do what's best for the team. And leadoff guys don't go 0 for 5. You're in a rough stretch. I'm not saying that Tim Anderson isn't the best leadoff hitter on the team. But right now, tomorrow, given by what we've seen lately, he's not. He's not the leadoff guy right now. It's not just a lately thing. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, since he came back from the IL, he's slugging like 306. And that was coming into tonight. Adapter guy. Adapter yeah. guy. Yeah. So he ain't uh, setting the tone. That's for damn sure. 
And, you know, between him and Yasmani Grandal, I mean, what, what the fuck are we doing here? There, two, there should not be two of the core guys that are risking that point in baseball. And this is just eye test. And I'm sure you feel this too. When a hitter comes to the plate and you feel like they're not going to be able to perform in that situation, if you can't visualize it, if you can't visualize success in that at bat, we've got a problem. And everybody it, knows that I'm I'm a long term Yasmani Grandal supporter, but we're reached we've reached 2011 Adam Dunn levels here. I was sitting there, full disclosure, thinking to myself in his last at bat. Would it have been better to bring in Sevi Zavala here in a pinch hit appearance or Adam Engel or somebody and then go to Sevi defensively? These are the thoughts that are crossing my mind. They should not be, especially with the amount of money this guy's making. Yeah, it's um, a very minimal amount of production for 18 million bucks. That's not what we like to call cost efficiency. Wow, and you know, Steve. Every single time this team makes a high-impact free agent signing and they don't pan out, it's just one more notch in that notebook of reasons why or why not. So I, I don't know. It's it's kind of, at this point, very frustrating to watch day in and day out. I don't know what you do here. Um, Sox were able to rally back temporarily in the eighth inning, Steve. A lot of hustle from Jose Abreu, who won the award today. The Heart and Hustle Award, which I didn't even know existed until today. Any thoughts on our MVP, though, winning the Heart and Hustle Award? And what should he do with the Heart and Hustle Award once he gets it and shows his teammates in the locker room? I mean, Jose Abreu is the one guy that you can count on to actually show up day in and day out. Um, he is the one guarantee in the world of the Chicago White Sox. And he has been since he put that uniform on in 2014. As far as what he should do when he gets that award, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he should just put it right there in the middle of the clubhouse and tell all the rest of these guys that are, are younger and, um, you know, put in a position to make more money than he has been um, because of the age that he came over, you know, maybe start playing with some fucking heart because he's the one guy that consistently goes out there night in and night out and does that. And we just don't see enough of that from this team. And it's fucking irritating as hell. Yeah. I like, I like your suggestions uh, there for Jose Abreu's heart and hustle award. I, I would, I would maybe like give it a Stanley cup tour. You know, maybe they can turn that into the new Randy Moss jersey in the clubhouse. So if I was Jose Abreu, I would start handing out the Heart and Hustle Award to the player who actually showed up and played like Jose did that day. Maybe they can pass it around. Jose's got enough trophies. I mean, I think at that point, you know, Jose has to kind of give his blessing as to who's going to get it. Yeah, um, no, Jose Abreu in the locker room. This is This is what I think happens. Jose gets to decide who had heart and who had hustle that day and they should pass it around. And maybe, maybe they'll want to get to touch a trophy 
for a little bit because they, they might not win a World Series with the heart and hustle that was going on today. Steve, uh, Sox lose 3-2. We've got three more ball games in Texas. What do we got going on tomorrow? Well, Dylan Cease Day. So this is a guy that's gone out there and has been the American League Pitcher of the Month for consecutive months. And, uh, or excuse me, for two consecutive months there. And he's given up, I believe it's four runs total in the last two months. The run that he has been on has been just historic from a White Sox perspective. And I expect it to be more of the same. Obviously, he's got to be mindful of the likes of Corey Seager, of Marcus Simeon, of Nathaniel Lowe in this lineup. Um, Adolis Garcia. I mean, so they've got some guys that can hit the baseball out of the ballpark, but those guys also have a lot of swing and miss. And so if Dylan is able to go out there and as I always talk about pound the strike zone, work ahead. Oh, one Oh two. He's going to be in good shape and he'll put this team in position to go out and try to win a baseball game. Will they be able to do it ultimately? Who knows? But at this point, I expect Dylan Cease to go out there and do his job and put this team in position to win. I do as well. Um, I know the calendar has turned. It's been an incredible two months. You talk about in White Sox history. I mean, you even go to baseball history. This guy is pitching out of his absolute ever-loving mind. Uh, I expect no different from Dylan Cease, especially against this Texas Rangers order. Uh, you pinpointed the uh, spots where he can run himself into trouble. Uh, but I think he's got the stuff that said, I'm looking for the White Sox offense to answer and pay for the sins of today, tomorrow. I expect there to be somewhat similar of a lineup. Um, they've said that Luis Roberts going to be in center field. So maybe we can avoid this weird Andrew Vaughn's and right stuff. Maybe just maybe, but on the same note as the core stands, I might be putting Sebi Zavala in tomorrow instead of Yasmani Grandal. If I'm Tony LaRusso, Steve, that said, I also think we're going to see Larry Garcia tomorrow. Because, yeah. I think I mean, we're we, we, we all, we all know your daddy can't go back to back days without putting his little blankie out there. Does that make him Gavin Sheets grandfather? I think it does. Wow. <laughs> we're, we're going down the family tree here. This is interesting. We'll see what kind of graphics our guy Brian puts up for that one. You know, we, um, got, we got we got fax machines sending stuff. Fax we're machines are going off. Here. We're, we're we've gone off the, the rails family trees. Here. Yes, this is fantastic. Steve, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind having my boy in the lineup tomorrow. You know, I wouldn't mind that either. We'll see what happens. It's going to be probably drastically different, and the outcome of this game will be the Sox winning when everybody was so excited about the lineup today. Everybody will complain tomorrow, then we'll win. It's it's just a fucking roller coaster around here, isn't it? This is your 2022 Chicago White Sox. Enjoy the ride. You couldn't have said it better. I, I almost want that on a T-shirt. You know, Steve Stone telling you to enjoy the ride and there's a roller coaster and it just says 2022 white Sox on it. I think that would be fantastic. Enjoy the ride. And that would for sure get you blocked on twitter.com by Mr. Steven. Oh, well, give the profits all to his charity. There you go. 
figure <laughs> out a way to make this business dealing happen. Steve, you got to pick to click for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say uh, Jose Abreu because it's August and he didn't homer today. So that means he's due. I picked him today. I think I got the win over. I think Johnny took Tim Anderson. So I think I got the win on that one, Steve. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn tomorrow. If he's in the lineup, I'm pretty sure he will be. I'm going to go with Andrew Vaughn. I think the the shots of him in the dugout after the loss, he looked a little perturbed. I think he wants to do some damage. He's been a just an off like awesome part of this offense all season long. I think he's going to look to make up and 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 just put yesterday behind him and uh, go out there and, and crank one. You know, maybe you'll get one from Abreu. I'll get one from Andrew Vaughn. The White Sox will deploy the multi-home run strategy, and we'll it's be right strategy. back. We'll be right back. Uh, what is that? Two games above five hundred? If we can do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, uh, that's that's what uh, that's what I would like to do. Uh, Steven, you're going to be down in Texas, like we mentioned earlier on this show. You said you were going to reopen the Dane Dunning files while you were down there, potentially unconfirmed yet, not fully confirmed. But you're going to go down there and do that. What are you looking forward to most? seeing your White Sox play in Texas? Alcohol. Fantastic. I hope you enjoy <laughs> enjoy the ride, my friend. Um, you know, I don't have much else here, Stephen. We've got our picks to click in. We've touched on the frustrating points of this loss. Give me your final thoughts, and then we'll get on out of here. Flush it. Um, just another one of these classic White Sox performances in the year of 2022. Try to get back on the board tomorrow. Put another one in the left-hand column. I guess the one positive is Cleveland and Minnesota both lost today, so you don't lose any ground. But, um, you know, it would sure be nice if this team could string together seven to ten days of solid baseball and actually make up some ground on their own but that might be too much to ask with this group. Yeah, that was the uh, unfortunate thing here tonight is both uh, Cleveland and Minnesota did drop one. This is the prime makeup ground time, Steve, and the the White Sox were unable to get it done. Once again, a final of three to two. Sox fall in Texas. Steve was getting faxes all night. Did some family genealogy uh, work here on Sox on Tap. That's all we've got tonight. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com. Check out our White Sox section. Uh, it'll keep you up to date on what's on tap in White Sox baseball. Follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve. Myself at Tony on tap. You can follow the show at Sox on tap. Subscribe to the YouTube so you can get in here, make your comments, maybe get featured on the show. Steve, that's all I've got. I'll close it down how I always do. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.